What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Raw Roundup. I'm your host, Ryan Satin, and this was an action-packed episode of Monday Night Raw, so I'm excited that we get to talk about it. We get to talk about the return of John Cena. Well, one night only. I shouldn't say the return of John Cena, but we got a nice 20-year anniversary celebration for John Cena, which was the running through line of the night, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm not a John Cena hater. Yes, I may have been one of those people who got carried away in the fun of the John Cena sucks stuff when I was, you know, out there in the crowd with everybody else. But that aside, I'm still a big John Cena fan. I think what he has done for the industry is hard to measure. He is someone who has given back to the fan base as much as possible. And he's just a memorable part of our lives the past 20 years. So to be able to go down memory lane and see some of you know, some of the stuff that he was involved in throughout the night was very fun for me. It started off with John Cena walking through the backstage area, getting adulation from the superstars and crew. This was super, super fun way to start off the show. They said that it happened earlier in the night or earlier in the day when John Cena got there. And I thought it was cool that it wasn't just WWE superstars lining the halls, but they had a writer, they had some backstage people, they had the camera guys, they had all sorts of people who John Cena, you know, who'd be excited to see John Cena again. It kind of made us feel like, it, it felt like a great homecoming for someone who is just such a big part of our lives. I mean, if you watch WWE for the past, any part of the part of the past 20 years, you know who John Cena is, you've seen something that he has done and it's most likely made an impact so it was really cool to see him just kind of like taking a trip down memory memory lane literally as he sees some of the people who he had wrestled against some of the people he had feuded with some of the people he was friends with uh, i particularly liked when he ran into our truth since obviously john cena is our truth's childhood hero i like their little quick moment but i gotta say the best part of john cena walking through that backstage area was Becky Lynch completely no-selling him. It was so funny. Where everybody else was hugging, high-fiving, taking pics, doing their thing. But Becky Lynch was sulking in in a corner, doing a little slow clap. Not only did it play in to everything that she's been doing now and this downward spiral that she's been on, but it also plays back to the moment they had a while, a few years ago now, where she did the you can't see me in his face. So I like the continuity there that Becky Lynch still doesn't care about John Cena. After that, we had a last chance qualifier, Battle Royal, for a spot in the Money in the Bank match. And the coolest part of this match was when Ricochet got tossed out by T-Bar and he landed on that ladder that was set up ringside, since this is obviously Money in the Bank they're building towards. But Ricochet lands on the ladder, he turns around, T-Bar standing there on the apron. He's... You know, Ricochet's trying to figure out what the hell he's going to do to get back in the ring. And, you know, he's like, well, I can't go that way. I can't go that way. Everywhere I go, T-Bar is going to be in my way. And so I liked uh, how then he you know, jumps on the apron and uh, does the head, head scissors on T-Bar to eliminate him instead. Looked very cool. I really liked that a lot. Uh, Miz, obviously, was a pivotal part of this match if you watched it. And 
I, I hate that I've become so numb to the fact that the second Miz started selling an injury in a battle royal, I knew exactly what was happening. I didn't for a second think that there was a chance that he was actually injured, and maybe that's bad on my part since uh, I, sh- I don't know if I'm losing a piece of me that, that 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 feels sympathy towards people but I knew it my my wrestling brain just knew it you're like all right he's going to roll outside for a while let everyone else get eliminated and then come back in near the end it's exactly what happened he comes back uh to eliminate AJ Styles and then we had Miz and Riddle as the final two the crowd was hot for this final stretch i felt like these this this whole crowd in general, you could tell they were very excited for the fact that John Cena was going to be making an appearance. So they were really excited all night. Very vo- vocal crowd. Uh, very, very hot for all the matches. Very invested in everything that was happening. And particularly for this match, though, I felt like they were just on fire. They were pumped. They wanted to see who was going to win. Uh, I really liked uh, the move that Riddle did where he did that triangle, cha- triangle choke over the ropes using his legs uh, to try eliminating Miz. I thought it looked really rad. Uh, and I, th- I I would have been cool with that being the way he eliminated him. But he eventually hits the RKO on the apron instead. And he cashes in his ticket to money in the bank. I had assumed that Riddle was going to make his way into the match, like I said last week. So I'm glad this happened as expected. However, I definitely at this point do not expect him to win this match. But we'll see. I'll get to it in a little bit as to why I feel that way. Then we cut to Cena backstage with the Street Profits, telling them to never give up in their quest for the tag team titles. And after that, we had a video package, including uh, videos from legends that we saw on social media today. And, and, uh, but then, so, you know, those ones were like Randy Orton and, and uh, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. But the more newsworthy ones were the fact that Paul White and Brian Danielson were included in the video package giving thanks to Cena. And later in the night, Chris Jericho as well. I thought that that was a great surprise for the show. Obviously, they're in another promotion, so I wasn't expecting them to show up in this video. I mean, two of those guys were wrestling at a pay-per-view just this weekend, so... Uh, although the name of it was very appropriate, considering they were on Raw a few nights later. But yeah, I thought it was really cool that that you know that WWE included them, that they were allowed to do it, um, even though they were brief. You know, all three of those guys played a big part in John Cena's career, so I'm really glad that they were able to be involved in it and get get to say some kind words for someone who they worked a lot with and are you know closely associated with. Okay, after that, we had Montez Ford versus Jay Uso. Montez wins this one. Not much to say here. We've had a lot of back and forth between these two teams the past couple weeks. I'm really interested to see what happens, though, at Money in the Bank between all these teams. I think that the case could be made for this being a moment for the Street Profits to win the tag titles and go on a new run. However, with the way the bloodline is just such a dominant part of SmackDown, and now both shows, I think that I have a hard time seeing them actually taking the tag titles, especially both sets of tag titles, off of the Usos right now. 
So that makes me wonder, like, you know, after that were to happen, if that were to happen, if the, if the Usos were to retain, I've been wondering just what, you know, where do the Street Profits go from there? And, and I, I do wonder if we could be seeing what might be the end of the Street Profits. I think that if they don't win at Money in the Bank, I could very much see them splitting them up because I would think that at that point, um, I think that in order to advance to the next phase of their careers, they're going to have to go into singles. Whether they break up and one turns heel on the other, which I hope doesn't happen, or just you know go their separate ways for a little bit in singles competition, I could very much see that happening if they lose to the Usos. So we also, after that match, had the Judgment Day approach Ray and Dominic Mysterio backstage, offering Dom a spot in the group, saying maybe he's just had bad leadership and that's where his problems have been lying. Now, I don't see Dominic (laughs) joining the Judgment Day. I do see this leading to... Edge coming back since Ray and Edge do have history, and we've seen that trio before of Ray, Dominic, and Edge. I could see Ed, this being the way to have Edge make a surprise return when he helps Ray against the Judgment Day, uh, and it's a you know big you know big moment for him coming back from this injury where they they took him out of action. Um, but I will say, I am happy to see them on the show this week. I felt like. Not having them at all last week was a weird decision with the way they've been so heavily pushed. And when you do that right after Edge isn't part of it, it it does make you, as a wrestling fan, a little worried that maybe they're going to not be as heavily pushed as they were before. And I would really like to see all three of these people more heavily pushed. Uh, Rhea, when she comes back from what she's dealing with. But yeah, I just, I really... um, I'm just, I really hope they don't fall out of favor or fall out of, uh, you know, fall off of TV because I think that there is, there is some value in this group with Finn and Damian Priest. And if Rhea's going to be gone for a minute, hopefully they add someone else in the meantime. Okay, quick break, and then we'll get back to the rest of the show. Okay, we're back. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Sorry. I just got to pay the bills here. We had a John Cena career retrospective video after the break, which was pretty nice. It's nice just to see, like I said, all the different parts of his career that have, you know, whichever time you've been watching him, whether it was the entire time, whether it was a part of that time, whatever, you likely remembered something in there. So I enjoyed it. And I always enjoy when they talk about what he's done with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. It's He deserves all the praise in the world for what he has done with them. So after that, we had Miz doing an in-ring talking segment with Kevin, and he uh, he promises that his team with Logan Paul will return at SummerSlam. Now, then after that, it's pointed out to him that he turned on Logan Paul after their match at WrestleMania. So they asked, you know, it was asked of him what their relationship like is now. And Miz says that he told Logan that that was a teaching moment, and Logan understood AJ Styles comes out, decks The Miz to set up AJ Styles versus The Miz. Now, I'm assuming this means Logan Paul's coming back, obviously. And I'm assuming we're going to get Logan Paul versus The Miz at SummerSlam to follow up with what was done at WrestleMania. 
here's the thing. <laughs> um, I'm not some Logan Paul hater or Jake Paul hater whatsoever. I'm not, a, I'm not like some fan of theirs either. Uh, I respect their hustle and what they do. I do think that the allure of the Paul brothers, though, is watching them get knocked out. I think that people want to see them get beat up. They don't want to see them win. The whole fun of watching these guys do anything like this in the combat world is that you might get to see this guy who is a... Both of these guys are clear heels. They're, they're, they, I don't care what they think. The best heels think they're good guys. Um, they're heels. True and true. So I feel weird about this almost being set up to make Logan a good guy heading into SummerSlam to where he's going to finally get his comeuppance on The Miz. I don't think that people want to see him get his comeuppance on The Miz. I think people want to see him get his ass kicked. So I'm interested as to how they play this because Miz might be the best heel in the business. There's people who have been on the show who have attested that, who have agreed that they believe Miz is the best. He is so good at getting people to hate him. But I this is going to be a huge test for The Miz. I'll say that much because I don't know if you can get people to cheer for Logan Paul in mass. You're going to have his fans there cheering him, but I just don't know if in mass the people are going to be cheering for Logan Paul. After that, AJ Styles versus The Miz. Nice match, but you know, considering this is a match, these are two people who are in a program right now. You knew this one wouldn't end clean, and Miz lost via countout by walking to the back. I loved what happened after that. We had Ezekiel chatting with John Cena backstage, and apparently Elrod has become canon now, where Elrod is one of the brothers, and he was mentioned multiple times here. I forget the Elrod uh, uh, catchphrase that he said for him, but Elrod's clearly going to become a thing now, <laughs> and uh, I I laughed where he was saying to John Cena that, you know, you know, everyone wants to walk, you know, he's all about walking with Elias, and whatever he said for his brother's catchphrase, but, you know, he wants people to speak with Zeke, and John Cena said, oh man, you just gotta, you know, you just gotta be your absolute true self, and you know who you are, and just the look on Ezekiel's face of, like, confusion when he said that was just gold it was one of those things where like facial expression wise it's really hard to teach something that good because there were so many different things being said all at once with the way his face looked when when John Cena said that to him then we had uh, Theory interrupting this get together between Ezekiel and John Cena backstage um, and Theory interrupts talks crap to Cena says it's 2022, and you're a grown-ass man wearing jorts, which was a great line from Theory. Uh, but he, he he's talking all this smack in John Cena's face. John Cena does not acknowledge him and walks off before the, the selfie can be snapped. Interesting way to handle those two since clearly it's a match that WWE wants to do at some point down the line. And I enjoyed that Cena didn't play into it yet you know he's keeping that ammo in for when the time is right he knows when to unload and instead i i thought it was smart that he kind of put that pin there like all right i heard what you said hold that thought bianca belair had a promo following this and she came out called out carmella saying that she's insecure and questioned if she could step up to face her to step to her face to face 
Carmella says Carmella comes out, says WWE Universe doesn't respect her because of how she looks, and she doesn't care. And she lists off her resume of big wins and says she's going to take Bianca's title at Money in the Bank and leaves. Now, before she can get to the back, though, Bianca is asked a question and Carmella tries to take advantage of her not paying attention. Bianca sees it coming, foils the attack, end of segment. Um, it's nice to see Carmella return to her old character. I think that it's it, it feels like the what she is, was doing before has kind of gone away and she's back to doing... Of uh, an updated version of her original character on the main roster, and it's looking good so far. So I'm 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 uh, I'm excited for that match. It should be a good one. Liv Morgan versus Alexa Bliss was next, and Liv surprisingly got the win over Alexa Bliss, which I was not expecting. However, my uh, my my prediction brain kind of starts tingling when I see something like this, and I know that typically. A lot of times, when someone's gonna win, they'll lose the mat the, the sh- during the show before. So uh, my suspicion that Alexa is taking home the briefcase this weekend remains. I think that's who's taking home the briefcase is going to be Alexa Bliss, um, and I kind of hope she holds it for a while this time rather than uh, unloading it right away. Next up, we had Vince McMahon appearing to introduce John Cena, calls out his name. And there's a bunch of superstars on the stage. Cena comes out like he's going to run to the ring with all the wrestlers on the ramp. But instead he stops in the middle of them as he hears the crowd and the way they're chanting for him and cheering for him and going crazy for his first appearance on Raw in a while. Uh, and he gets a little emotional for the 20-year anniversary. But he, but he chokes it back, sh- pushes it down. Shows the never give up towel and then heads the heads to the ring. Um, says that he's not one for milestones, but tonight is different. Says this anniversary is important to him because it means the fans have allowed him to do this for two decades. He gets a loud thank you Cena chant while he continues to hold back emotion. And he says that the fan investment in him made him a better human being. He also says that he doesn't know when we'll see him in the ring again, but anything he does outside of WWE isn't just about him. It's about us coming together, and this is all about we. And he asks the fans to continue being vocal going forward, and then says, if you want some, come get some catchphrase, drops the mic, and leaves. I'm shocked that this was not the start of some sort of angle. I mean, this was great too, strictly for the emotional factor, but I genuinely expected Theory to come out and confront him and and there to be some sort of battle on the mic. I think we're also used to seeing Cena battle people on the mic. He's been doing it for 20 years. I felt like we were going to get some kind of battle tonight. But instead, we just got, you know, John Cena woven throughout the show, interacting with the current superstars, interacting with superstars he hadn't seen in a while, coming out, thanking the fans. Truly was a John Cena 20th anniversary celebration and for that I enjoyed it I mean I really did I thought it was gonna be more I thought we were gonna see maybe the start of something leading towards Theory versus Cena at SummerSlam or Wrestlemania or something but I definitely don't have a problem with that not being the case I mean Cena made it pretty clear that he doesn't know when he's gonna be in the ring again he's not saying that he's not just saying he doesn't know when so I I mean I, I guess it's better than not it's, I guess it's better than teasing something that we're not going to get. So, 
for that, I enjoyed it, but I just I was I was surprised personally. Um, personally. Now we also had Bobby Lashley versus Alpha Academy. And Lashley carrying Otis on his shoulders with an electric chair drop was insanely impressive during this match. I'm also happy that even though Lashley looked so dominant in this match, it didn't make Alpha Academy look bad in defeat. I felt like they still looked good. They got their offense in. They didn't lose in two seconds, even though it was a handicap match. It all was very believable. I liked how this match was put together, and I felt like this program itself with Theory and Lashley has done a good job of making Lashley look like a babyface moving on from almost an MVP. One other thing in this show that I was also not expecting was an interview with Cody Rhodes. There's an interview shot earlier in the day, and he says he would have loved to have parlayed his success into a win at Money in the Bank, but that's not going to be possible. And then he hyped the other competitors that are going to be in the match instead. But he ended it saying something that was interesting. He said, if Seth takes the win, I think I'll be the first to congratulate him. Now, first I want to say this. Smart to keep Cody Rhodes on the show rather than just vanishing from memory while you know dealing with an injury. I think they should have once a month check-ins with Cody Rhodes on his road to recovery. Yes, it might mess with a surprise return pop or whatever, but I think that you really want to keep his presence on the show as much as possible. I don't think you need to pretend like he's just gone. You can do other stuff with him. You can show his road to recovery. You can show all that kind of a thing. So I I just think that it would be smart to keep him on the show. Now, the thing he said about being the first to congratulate Seth, though, I found very interesting. I thought that was um, the most telling sign that that Seth is going to win this match. I think that they've been signaling it for a minute now, but but it's seemingly more and more obvious that this is factoring into very big plans. So I'm interested if, if, if Seth is going to win and Cody is going to be the first to congratulate him. Is that in Vegas? That's worth keeping an eye on. Now, last segment we had with John Cena. He's backstage. Seth Rollins walks up and reminds him of the time he broke his nose. Amos and MVP walk up next. They have a little. They have a little bit of a. a they 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 talk it out a little bit backstage about what's going to happen at Money in the Bank. John Cena's like, "You're on your own later. Peace out." It's quick, but I really did enjoy seeing Seth Rollins and John Cena together one last time. Finally, to end the show, Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. Versus Dewdrop versus Zia Lee versus Nikki Ash versus Tamina Snuka in a last chance Money in the Bank qualifier comes down to Becky Lynch and Dewdrop and just like I said last week about Matt Riddle and Becky I thought they were both gonna win last chance qualifiers that did happen this week Becky wins with the manhandle slam makes all the sense in the world for her to be in the Money in the Bank match just like Riddle. Very entertaining show. I thought a lot of stuff happened. There was a lot to unpack there. Um, And I'm excited for Money in the Bank. Obviously, we've got SmackDown before that. But, yeah, I think this is shaping up to be a good show. I mean, ladder matches are always fun. And with the talent they have in both these matches, uh, it should be be an entertaining pay-per-view. I say pay-per-view. Premium live event. Excuse me. That's the... (laughs) I got to move on with the times. Premium live event. All right, to recap with Raw, John Cena doesn't know when he'll be wrestling again. Becky Lynch and Riddle finally earned their ways into the Money in the Bank match. Logan Paul 
looks to be coming back, and if Seth ultimately earns the Money in the Bank contract, Cody Rhodes has vowed to be the first one who will congratulate him. All right, we'll be back here next week. Same bat channel. (laughs) We'll be here. Same bat podcast. Same raw podcast for the raw roundup. I hope you have a great week. I will see you back here on Friday.